Hey friends, welcome back to the journal feed. My name is Nick Zelt, and this is the only place to get spoon-fed the latest and greatest of emergency medicine. We're just here to keep you guys up on the literature, and to do that, we spoon-feed it to you. Now, if you are hearing this right now, then you are not currently a journal feed subscriber, and so will not be receiving the full journal feed podcast, only getting a portion of the past week's articles. Don't worry all good articles. But if you would like to get full access to both the podcast and the blog, then you'll have to become a member. All the details for that are at journalbeat.org. And remember, we never want money to be a barrier to better patient care. So if you're having any trouble affording a subscription, just get in touch. We'll help you out. This is the audio version of the past week's articles, which this week were brought to you by our authors, Rebecca DeFabio, Millie Casse, Megan Hilbert, Aaron Lacey, Nicholas Sreika, and Clay Smith. So here's the first article titled Short Course Therapy for Urinary Tract Infections in Children, the Scout Randomized Clinical Trial out of the JAMA Pediatrics. Let's be honest, the majority of lengths of antibiotic courses were probably picked essentially at random, or by picking just convenient numbers like one week or something that sounds nice and round like 10 days. Recently, there have been trials questioning the lengths for which we give antibiotics, really wanting to see if perhaps we could be giving shorter courses. If shorter courses were still equally able to cure you of your infection, then you know it would be great to be able to use them because we'd have less side effects and presumably less antibiotic resistance as well. So that just sounds nice to do. This has been looked at in some conditions already. On the journal feed, we've covered the SAFER and CAPIT trials, which both seem to indicate that shorter courses of antibiotics may be the way to go in pediatric pneumonias. Another very common pediatric infection is UTIs, urinary tract infections, often treated with 10 days of antibiotics. But could five days be enough? That's what this trial is all about, the SCOUT RCT. They recruited 664 children aged 2 months to 10 years old with UTIs. All participants received 5 days of antibiotics, and then at the 5-day mark, if they were afebrile and asymptomatic, they were eligible to enter the trial and be randomized to complete another 5 days of antibiotics, or have placebo for the next 5 days. Any complicated infection, having multiple organisms involved, or being unable to follow up excluded the patient from the trial. The children who received just 5 days of antibiotics had a higher rate of treatment failure, 4.2%, compared to just 0.6% in the 10-day antibiotic group. So nearly 4% of children as an absolute difference failed the short course. However, the authors set their limit of non-inferiority at 5%, so they would have actually considered this non-inferior to the longer course. UTIs are really common though, and a 4% failure rate sounds it sounds very high to me. I think it would have been more appropriate to be more strict on what they consider non-inferior here. They defined treatment failure in this group as symptomatic UTI before the first follow-up, which happened on day 11 or 14. So the patient did have to have some kind of symptoms to have failed this and a positive UA and culture. Still, some parts of being symptomatic are a little bit objective, like pain I think is fairly objective because it shouldn't hurt when your child urinates at all. Um, but things like urinary frequency, hesitancy, they're a little harder to you know, reliably quantify. Even without symptoms, there were higher rates of pyuria and positive cultures in the asymptomatic patients in the short course of antibiotics group, though the rate of UTIs after the first follow-up were similar between the groups. 
Overall, I think this sounds, I mean, kind of shaky at best. I'm not sold on giving a course of just five days of antibiotics, especially if it might be difficult for my patient to secure some kind of follow-up. So I don't think it's a good idea to prescribe just five days, but it does seem like it wouldn't be absolutely ridiculous for some patients to stop taking their antibiotics after five days if they're feeling really good. It's just hard to say exactly who those patients are going to be, so it would be very hard to make that recommendation. I think seven days is a nice in-between number between five and ten, and it's a good course of antibiotics still. Plus, one week, easy to remember. The American Academy of Pediatrics actually recommends this approach. In a spoonful, the Scout RCT seemed to show that a five-day course of antibiotics for children with UTIs is non-inferior to being treated for ten days, but I'd say that's being generous, and I don't think this should be routine practice based on this data. And then we have the second article titled Association of Pre-Hospital Transfusion with Mortality in Pediatric Trauma out of the JAMA Pediatrics. In a critically injured child, in theory, we want to get blood into them as quickly as possible to replace whatever they've lost. In some places and circumstances, blood is given in the pre-hospital setting, which is incredible. But if that's being done, is it helping? After all, there's not a lot of data to really support this practice, and it's very labor-intensive and resource-intensive in order to supply EMS with blood products. This was a retrospective cohort of almost 600 patients aged 0 to 17 years old from the Pennsylvania Trauma Systems Foundation Registry collecting data from over 50 trauma centers. This data was collected over a 10-year period for this study. What they did was exhaustively propensity-matched children, 3 to 1, with similar children in regards to age, mechanism of injury, injury severity, and other factors who were transfused in the emergency department rather than pre-hospital. The primary outcome was 24-hour mortality, which was actually positive. 16% versus 27% favoring a blood transfusion in the pre-hospital setting. The data was also positive for in-hospital mortality, 21% versus 32%. That's a big enough difference that the NNT for 24-hour mortality would be 6, which is kind of out of this world as an intervention. This sounds too good to be true, so temper your excitement a little bit when you're hearing this NNT of 6. This was over a 10-year period from 50 trauma centers, and they still only recruited 600 patients. And even with all the controlling that you can do, it's still hard to be certain about data like this when it's just retrospective. It takes time to transfuse someone. In severe cases, maybe they don't have time to do it, or they even can't do it. You can control all you want, but it's not going to necessarily replace a proper RCT. But with positive data like this, maybe we should set up a nice one. It'd be interesting. In a spoonful, these results were very promising for the practice of transfusing pediatric trauma patients in the pre-hospital setting. However, given the limited availability of blood products as things are, as well as the costs involved in giving blood to the EMS services to give to these pediatric patients, I would expect that RCT data would be the only thing that could possibly make this routine. All right, let's do our wrap up. What did we learn today? From the first article, RCT data suggests five days could be a long enough treatment duration for UTIs in children. But overall, the data isn't all that convincing, I find. And I personally think that the failure rate is too high. Seven days sounds more reasonable to me. From the second article, pre-hospital transfusions in pediatric trauma patients showed an NNT of six for 24-hour mortality. Hopefully this gets looked into more thoroughly and more than a, you know, retrospective study. 
Now, again, if you're hearing this right now, you are not part of the members feed and you actually missed three articles that we talked about. One article was about a magnesium to prevent ICU care in children. Another one was about the uncertainty of how we're treating pulmonary embolisms. And lastly, whether or not you could lose IQ points after a concussion. Links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org, where the newsletter is the best way to make the podcast into a bite-sized nugget of space repetition. Our goal here is for you to read less, learn more, and save lives, one spoonful at a time. Thank you.